Welcome to Psychic Sisters. We are two souls on a mission to demystify what it means to be psychic. I'm Gabrielle and this is my soul sister Cass. And if you're ready to understand what being psychic really means, come join us weekly because psychicness isn't out of this world, it's grounded in ourselves. And honestly, we are so sick of the lies, the misconceptions and the misconstrued nature of what they say it is. So come learn the truth with us and let yourself be psychic. Hey, hey, and welcome to this week's episode. We are going to chat about one of my favorite topics in this big wide world, and it should definitely be taught in school. So if you don't really know what emotional regulation is and what we teach children, which may not always be the best thing if we don't know how to emotionally regulate ourselves. So today we're gonna talk all about it. We're going to dive into the depths of how you can better serve yourself as the human being in which you are. I'm not a psychologist, but this is the tips and tricks I've used throughout my life to make sure that I'm emotionally stable and coming from the best place I possibly can. Mm, Yes. And I am really only just stepping into this space after not really having any, uh, emotional regulation taught to me growing up and so I know that it's been a really pivotal part and I've shared a lot of this just within this podcast about really stepping into my intuitive gifts as I've learned how to you know regulate my emotions more and be in touch with that side of myself yeah 100 percent. and I think we should really dive into what is emotional regulation mm. and we say that and most people think of well don't display your emotion mm. and I really want to halt you there Emotional regulation is just like if we're regularly doing anything, it's a regular occurrence, right? Emotional regulation is something that you can't do just when an emotion comes up. And this is the biggest discernment that I need you guys to witness in your own life right now is do you only deal with your emotions when they're coming up? Or are you dealing with them throughout your whole life? Mm, Yeah, I love that. Yeah, because like, let's just, let me give you an example. Like today's actually a pretty pivotal day Mm. in my life. I feel like today's the end of ritual, really feeling like I'm doing it alone and trying to get everything done. And that's been just a huge weight lifted off my shoulders. And in that, I just like cried. (laughs) I was like in the car crying and I was like, okay, do I have space for this? And I was like, we have to make sure that we actually have space in our life for our emotions to appear. If there is no space and you constantly, I'm not going to, look, I'm going to use the word busy because you're at capacity. The word capacity, busy is a word we all use to go, well, I'm just running from A to B. Capacity means that you don't have another morsel to give another soul. Now, I really want you to look at your life and go, am I really busy or am I actually at capacity? Because they're two different things. We generally make ourselves busy. When we're at capacity, we can't help anyone else. And if you're currently at capacity 
and this is resonating with you, I want you to go and find help. Because being at capacity means there is absolutely no way for you to process your emotions because you've been suppressing your stress, your anxiety, and your sadness. Because you're just trying to march on and keep going. And my voice sounds really mm-hmm. funny in this. Hey, <clears throat> it's really hitting home for me what I'm talking about. Because <laughs> I'm not perfect, right? And every day I try really hard to hold 10, 15 minutes of space for my emotions. What's actually coming up? And when we just think of emotional regulation as what's currently coming up, how's the tide today? We have to realize we're actually the body of water. So I do a lot of regression work with my clients based on past lives, inner child work. That is the cover front story we tell, well, I tell clients to deal with their emotions Mm. because you don't actually know what's hurting you and making the waves big if you don't know where you've been on your own journey and you don't want to admit it. It's really important that we are aware that people who are okay to talk about their trauma have generally dealt with it. And it may trigger you because you've never gone to the ocean's depth of what it really is for you, no matter if it's bigger, smaller, wider, longer, whatever type of trauma you hold. And we have multiple types of trauma. A really big trauma that is really prevalent in Australian society is I don't feel my feelings. I'm going to put on my big girl pants, my big boy pants, and I'm just going to get to work. That there is actual trauma. You're telling someone not to be their authentic self and to feel and heal what they're going through. Whether this has happened to you or how you currently have been parented or you are parenting. This is deeply something that I see changing and I'm so grateful that I'm witnessing it change, but something we also need to be hyper aware about. I think as well, like, because obviously our generation is learning to emotionally regulate themselves, we're obviously then either anyone who has kids now is obviously really working on learning to actually help their own children self-regulate. And then obviously for those of us who are not there yet, it's a big part of why we're really working on it ourselves. And I was just sort of thinking about the whole, we spoke about the put on your big girl thing, big girl pants. One thing that I was often, um, was often said to me during my childhood was, um, have a cup of cement and harden the fuck up. Yeah. Um, that was something that was very, very prevalent in my life and big girls don't cry. So there's so many different catchphrases that have been ingrained in us as children and like, our our minds are so receptive between uh, the ages of zero and eight so that's actually mm. when our subconscious is formed the concept of an inner child is actually speaking to your subconscious mind mm. and if you've never connected those two dots please go read dr joe dispenser's the breaking the habit of being, being yourself. yourself he talks about it a little bit mm. yeah and obviously yeah if you can obviously connect to that part of yourself that obviously has these deep-seated beliefs and programmings that you can't express and completely feel and you can actually tap into that point and make yourself feel safe in that which I think we're going to dive into some some Mm. tools um yeah you can obviously now like I say reparenting yourself yeah and reparenting yourself has become this huge theme right but I think it's also we live in an age of bypass right Mm. 
So we have to be really careful that we actually know what we're talking about and we're actually embodiment, the embodiment of these practices, right? And it's okay, life is busy and we can't embody each thing at every point. And especially if you're working a nine to five, I know that it is hard to feel like you can't do these practices at work, but I wanna remind you anything you embody, you are naturally. So I used to, like if you've listened to the old becoming intuitive or activate your intuition, you would hear that I used to go to the bathroom at work for five minutes at a time. I'd put a timer on my phone and give myself five minutes just to deal with myself on a regular basis. I thought five minutes was the time where no one would come find me. (laughs) Time is great. I used to, uh, while I was still working my nine to five, I would quite often uh, disappear. I was very lucky because I was the manager. I could disappear um, and not many people would track me. But I would often, you know, even just meditating for me was a really great way to just connect back in with myself because I had quite bad anxiety um, at the time. And I think that it was really, obviously, like meditation has been a really great progressing tool for me to obviously now be learning how to actually emotionally regulate myself because I was so far from it before yeah and like the one thing I want you to ask yourself just as we're on this what feels like a masterclass (laughs) topic of conversation is am I actually okay Mm. am I holding too much do I have people who I can rely on as much as they rely on me Because I know I'm speaking to a lot of empaths who feel that they're always at the top of their pyramid. And it can be hard when you're at the top of a pyramid to actually find help. And finding help there is a huge shadow that we get to work through. And this is where shadow work gets interesting. Like, why can't I find help? Or why can't I feel supported? Or why can't I go to someone with my problem? Somewhere in your childhood, you were conditioned that it wasn't okay to talk about your emotions, your feelings, or feel vulnerable in a state, right? We only grow through our vulnerabilities. Mm. Yeah. So what about, let's chat about some of the tools and stuff that we have right now. Um, I know obviously you're in the process of becoming a breathwork facilitator and that's been a really like pivotal part on what you're sort of integrating now into really, I mean, you could emotionally regulate before, but it's a powerful tool. Yeah. Look, emotional regulation for me has always, and I'm a really honest person and my deepest point of emotional regulation actually comes from talking to people. Mm. I'm really good at just telling everyone what's going on in my life. And in doing that, I'm getting that physical pain, that physical stress out of my body. So I've always been an emotional regulator through talking. That's what talk therapy is. So talk therapy actually is a huge coping strategy. Then when you go to talk therapy, they start to talk about, okay, well, are you like taking time for yourself? Are you journaling? Have you got goals? Mm. Right? So that is in itself, talking to someone is a type of regulation. If you don't have the ability to actually talk about your life or your emotions, you've got this beautiful thing called a phone. And I would love you to start talking to it every single day about how you feel. And if you're not friends with the emotional wheel, we did talk about that last Mm -hmm, week. mm -hmm. I want you to befriend the emotional wheel because we all say I'm good, I'm bad, I'm stressed, I'm not very many people say angry angry is a normal emotion for me Mm -hmm. um right we live in those four emotions but there's like 182 there's like there is 400 and something 
Well, yeah, it depends who you talk to. Yeah, it depends on if you include states mm-hmm, mm-hmm. as emotions. Yes. And a state, that's a whole other topic of conversation. Let's not go down that rabbit hole. I retract everything I just said. There's like 180 emotions. Yeah. There is like 400 states. I always like to think about the whole, you know, talk therapy and just that sort of process is obviously speaking is the fact that, you know, obviously emotion is just energy that we keep like storing in our body and the throat chakra is actually the main point. I know we want to talk about anger release soon, Mm. but like the throat chakra is actually really like the key point, um, especially when you're looking at it from human design is actually where we, uh, push out energy from our body and so just that act whether it's screaming whether it's talking for me like I actually find like um I love singing and for some sometimes I find just even just singing is a really great way for me to like release energy from my body yeah or creative acts are a really great way of expression yeah so it's just a way of actually like activating those different points in your body to actually just like I'm, I don't know, expel that energy. So you just got to find whatever works for you. I know like screaming into pillows is something that I always get my clients. Like if you don't feel like you have anyone to talk to, you you pick up your phone, you talk into your note section or your voice, voice note section and just let it all out. Or you scream, you shout, get in your car, drive somewhere. We love driving. Mm-hmm. If, we're, if I'm ever like out in the middle of nowhere, like the first thing I'm going to do is like wind down the window and scream. Even if I don't feel like I need any like emotional regulating at that time i just find that such an incredible like because we always we live in a really energized society of go 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 do 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 we're always trying to have and suppress something Mm. if you're not currently actually aware that you're suppressing something at each and every moment in your life you're not actually honest because i can tell you right now you're either going to feel one of these five things i'm going to tell you a i want a holiday b i just want to sit in the sun c i would just rather not be at work i wish i didn't have to go to work tomorrow or i wish i could live somewhere different like bali or you know like if any of those really hit home you're actually suppressing a desire or a feeling of wanting to escape something and if you're not even that honest with yourself like even I sit here and I have everything I've ever dreamed of and there's still lots of times I want to escape. I think there's always a part of us that's desiring more. Yeah, the grass is – the. I always talk about the analogy, the grass is always greener, right? It's easier to sit and go, the grass is greener. The grass will always be greener somewhere else unless you're living in like Greenland. Greenland's ice. I know. It's, it's a joke. <laughs> I, I thought I was being funny. <laughs> I just wanted to double check. Um, all right, so we've spoken about uh, breath. We've spoken we're gonna. About... We're, I'm gonna dive into all of them. Okay, cool. cool. Well, yeah, yeah. Well, that that was that was the point. Cool. So, a huge one that let's talk about first is journaling because there's mm. two ways to journal, right? Mm. So Cass and I do the opposite ways of journaling. I'm mm-hmm. perceiving, and yes. this is my perception. I've never no, been to a journal. I, I wouldn't know. So yeah. Well, we've spoken about it a little bit. Oh yeah, a little bit. So I journal based on my feelings. So today I feel this, which is caused by this. And do I see this occurring again in my life? This is literally my shadow work journal prompt. So what feeling am I feeling based on what situation or why? And does this actually occur in my life on a regular basis? Or is it a cycle, right? then you'll start to see that it probably is a cycle if you're feeling about it because feelings are an indication that there's something wrong in the external world. Your feelings aren't the problem. 
you're upset or angered or stressed because of something in your external environment that you now have the awareness through your emotions that need to change. So if you're not going to go and then actually feel into that, you're never going to know what that is. So from that definition, how do you journal? Well, I'm obviously very logical with how I journal. So for me, journaling is always about, um, I usually basically reflect on the previous 24 hours. Holy mother. (laughs) Chuckers. So I reflect on the last 24 hours and anything that I have um, experienced, felt. I usually keep a mental note. I mind you, I will journal. How can you remember things? You know, I have like 24 tabs open. Really good brain. Yeah. So I'm very logical, and I have a lot of tabs. I always tell Gabs that I've got generally five thoughts happening at one time. I've just got one. She's just a one. Yeah. <laughs> so I'm I'm reflecting. I literally will go like most of my journal entries be like so yesterday like this happened and I will basically process through everything and through that process of like logically recalling everything I'll go hmm okay this is a pattern. I've seen this play out before or I see how this relates to this thing back there. And so I start to piece my life together through the journaling process and look. Oh, but it's logical. But it's logical. And then I start to um, dissect it. Oh, no. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so I start to dissect it. But we get to the emotions. We get to the emotions. I like to understand everything and about why it's happened. Um, and then I like to feel into... Um, okay, like what has that actually created in my life emotionally, spiritually, physically, whatever, and then go from there. I will journal. I always have A4 journals. Most of my journaling sessions a day are like two pages. Yeah, and like look, mine are like an A5 page because by the end I'm either crying or I'm deep in a feeling that I'm releasing. So, and generally after I've journaled, I actually use Reiki to remove whatever I feel is stagnant in my body. Mm. Unless I'm in a super heightened state, which is like a super heightened state and maybe actually like crying or I feel like there's anger, you know, that when you get hot and you get angry, I might feel like that. They're my primary two types. I'm really lucky. I don't sit in fear a lot. Fear to me is something that might be a 20 minute daily experience. I'm, I've, I've had this big awareness about myself today that I don't go into freeze. So when you don't go into freeze, you constantly keep moving. It's this deep awareness I had. So actually how you respond to your fight, flight or freeze or fawn are really going to shape this experience for you. Because if you've been taught that feeling your feelings isn't okay, you're going to go into fight, flight, freeze or fawn. And then you're going to react out of that instead of being like, holy shit, I'm not okay. Let me just remove myself and figure out why I'm not okay. And it's really important that when we're upset or agitated that we don't just go and seek community then. Mm. We actually go and learn to process by ourselves. Though I do find that a lot of people, especially our age, cry better when they're held by someone. Mm. Yeah, I don't know why that is. I cry better alone. Yeah, I definitely cry better when I'm like with someone. Yeah. Um, and I think as well, like something I just want to add just around the journaling. I think a lot of people think that through the process of just writing it down, and this is just my experience, 
yes, it's a great way to release it, but please recognize that you do still need to feel into what you're writing down. Yeah. Like I'm talking about what I do is absolutely from my very logical sense because I like to recall and write down the events of my life because I do like to reflect and I look for patterns in literally everything that I experience. But I then do spend time between writing sentences, really feeling into, okay, like what did that experience actually create within myself as I'm obviously now diving back into it uh, so that I can obviously like work through and process anything I need to. Yeah. And I think like a really good point of that is like, we are all traumatized. Mm. Like if you actually are listening to this podcast and you believe you're untraumatized and you came from a really good family trauma can be as little as like my big sister got a nintendo switch and i got a pen i don't know weird analogy i just really want to talk into that because i i believe i i came from an incredible household and i really believe that i had an amazing childhood um i honestly like quote unquote thought i had the perfect life and i'm not saying that i don't guys don't get me wrong no but But no one has a perfect life no matter what like I literally believe like everyone goes through trauma. We created this for ourselves to experience, right? Yeah, absolutely. So, and I think this is like recognizing that everyone's going to have, maybe, maybe, maybe you're not resonating with the word trauma because I know for me, I don't, I really, I've had one traumatic, traumatic event in my life. And besides that, I really wouldn't class anything else I've experienced as being quote unquote trauma. However, it has definitely shaped me my personality and my soul so that i've experienced these lessons so that i now have to work through and heal them so if you're not resonating with the term trauma then that's totally fine but there is absolutely things that you have suppressed and held back from um, that have shaped you to being the person you are today that you know your soul signed up for so that you can you know have these lessons so let me actually talk through what trauma may be and these are minor things that Mm. i talk through a lot with my clients and even like we discussed some this morning like trauma for a child is not understanding where your parents are when you go to your grandparents Mm. trauma for a child is feeling excluded and unloved because we came to earth right and this is how i perceive it we came to earth as beautiful children who only thought that we would experience love so anything that feels like the opposite of love can actually be classed classed as trauma right and we have to realize that there's a spectrum for that but the feeling remains the same right no matter what level that's at you're going to have felt something and the feelings in that whether we pushed it aside or kept it in our brain and our brain will try really hard no matter who we are to block out any painful experience our our brain is a filing cabinet trying to only hold the severity of our life and the joyousness of our life and everything else that doesn't fall into complete utter bliss and joy or complete and utter pain gets wiped out of our vocabulary out of our brain brain. yeah right (laughs) sorry i tried Mm. so you have to realize that you may have been bullied at school you may not have been be part of a friends group you may not actively have realized that your mom forgot to pick you up from school one day and in that you felt unloved 
And then you started to create this worry that she wasn't coming to school every day. Like that's actually trauma. Like I know it doesn't sound like something bad that's happened, but it's leaving a physical imprint in that child's mind. And everyone on some spectrum has signed up to have an energetic remembrance of pain. Like we all came here to experience the humanness and with that is the good, bad and the ugly. So I just want you to start to... When we start to be open to accepting a word in our vocabulary, it actually opens us up to accept the pains in our life. Mm. And this is something I really struggled with until someone told me a very similar story to this that I was okay being like, okay, well, maybe I've been through some trauma. Mm. Maybe I'll accept that, right? And we have to be open to it to want to view it because you have to actually realize you're going into your subconscious brain to find this stuff. Most of the time, especially if you're doing inner child healing, if you've never done inner child healing on my website, on my homepage, you'll literally find a free one hour masterclass on how to connect to your inner child and start doing the inner child healing. Free, absolutely one of the best things I've ever done with my life. Go and check it out. Over 300 people have watched it now. Right? Then if we just constantly deal, like say our emotions are a cup, the cup's filled with water. Every time we get angry, it's because it's overflowing. So I'm just going to talk now about what we do when it overflows. If you need to figure out what to do with the water because the cup's almost full, that's a journey for maybe a therapist or an, an intuitive counselor or come talk to us. Like We're happy to answer questions, mm. right? So when we are overflowing in our cup, best things we can do if it's anger is to physically move our body to change our body is to change our state and we're trying to remember that we're actually releasing because if you think an emotion is an energy you're trying to expel that energy out of your body this is where a lot of people get unstuck because they've pushed everything down so let's say we are still the cup analogy right and all their life they've tried really hard to push down all of these molecules of water so it all fits and they don't keep exploding. When we start to look at disease and discomfort, it's because we have too much energy inside the cup and our body doesn't know how to react to it. So it's really important that we start to look at this. And there's so much more if you want to learn on this topic about like what is emotions and how to remove them and what are emotional diseases based on the energetic substances of our body. Um, Louise Hayes is a really great one to look at how to heal yourself. Mm. Look, I'll figure that one out. And <laughs> if you want it, you can message me how to heal your life. There we go by Louise Hay. Um, it's a really great book to start off with. So if I was angry, I am a really big one into screaming or moving or going to the gym. The gym for me is such a place where I constantly <laughs> release anger. Um, is there anything that I haven't kind of covered there? Um, yeah, well, anger is like my jam. Yeah. Um, love, um, punching. I will quite, you will quite often find oh, me. Yeah. I used to box a lot. Um, so, uh, I used to have a boxing bag. If I could, I would probably get another one. I, um, don't have it since I moved here, but, a, but getting a boxing bag was probably one of the best things I ever did as a teenager because I obviously didn't know how to emotionally regulate, didn't know what it was obviously at the time. So that was the cover 
story to the emotional problem. Yeah. So I just started, I didn't box against anyone. I would probably wouldn't want to do that, but I definitely started boxing. Now for me, I will generally um, grab a pillow. I will literally just like punch my bed. Like I have for me, um, I really enjoy punching yeah, so there's actually a prescribed time for that. So if mm. you are choosing to emotionally regulate, it's actually one minute intervals mm. is how that if you went to therapy, they suggest it to be done. I've talked to quite a few people on regards to this because you may be sad and you may start to release that through doing um, this embodiment practice, which is to either punch a pillow or to scream into a pillow or to spack your pillow against your bed or your couch. That's actually my favorite mm. one is the banging. Mm-hmm. I like to just really like get in there, right? It's, <laughs> it's great. That's great, guys. Yeah. I hope you, yeah. Anyways, you guys get to stick with that one. Um, minute intervals. Minute intervals. So it's meant to be like, <laughs> thank you so much for bringing me back to no where problem. I was talking about. So you want to put on a timer that's a minute at a time with a 15 or 30 second break. Because the first one's going to be hard. You have to actually get through the first one to find the anger. Mm -hmm. Generally around minute three is where I'll start to feel that it's going. And if you've never spent more than two minutes trying to release something in your life, Mm. you wouldn't know what you're looking for. So you need to do it for an extended period of time. Yeah, that's why I usually punch, scream, rest punch scream rest that's me yeah and i think like then if we talk about sadness it's actually Mm. holding space for that like i'm such the person that my door will be closed and candles will be on and i'll be in bed and i'll just like have held space for myself to be like wow i just really needed to cry and i really would like a weighted blanket to do that to be completely Mm. transparent um but i don't have one but I could be a weighted blanket. Thank you. <laughs> Love us. <laughs> Save me 200 bucks. Yeah. <laughs> um, it's really important that you realize that if you're sad and you just you go to seek comfort from other people, you're generally going for a distraction. Mm. Or trauma bonding or trauma dumping on them. Yeah. Like, I think there's a difference, actually, that I just feel like that really dropped in. Like, obviously, we've spoken about how powerful it is to speak to people um you know when you're obviously feeling um you know a certain way like i think it's really important that you set up some boundaries with people like even just making sure a that they can hold space for you and b that the conversation you're having isn't just trauma dumping or trauma bonding you're actually just like talking about how you're feeling and looking for like you know actionable ways out of it Yeah, and it's really important as human beings that we learn what it looks like when someone else is suppressing their emotions. Like, Mm. I'm really good at it and I'll stop someone and I'll, like, I literally, like, hold, like, my girlfriend's wrist and be like, you're really upset and you're not allowing yourself right now to feel this. Like, I really want you to actually honour yourself and I can hold space if you want. If you don't, I'll let go and you can go on with your suppression. That's fine. And I hold people to a really high boundary like things that i say don't sound normal because they're not because i'm holding people to the belief in which i hold which is we hold space for our emotions and i think the worst thing we can do and i witnessed it in my own life is i watched three people in my life pass away from cancer because they wouldn't deal with their emotions and that that there is like i personally believe that they made me witness them their death based on the fact that they were okay to stay traumatized. 
Mm. Right? And like I look at and I want you to look at the people in your life and go, wow, you've only got this leg problem or this kidney problem or this problem because you actually don't love yourself enough to go head into shit, I'm unwell, let me fix myself so no one else has to witness that and I myself get to be fucking healthy. Mm, yeah, it's so powerful. I think a lot of people would uh, want to dismiss the fact that we do actually create disease um, within our body through obviously, you know, just holding on to and suppressing all of this stuff that if we just took some time to actually go is it actually really important for me to look after myself the sad thing is like you said like a lot of people who do end up quite ill like they don't actually care enough about themselves to actually make any changes yeah and this like this catches a really big nerve for me we have a lot of alcoholics in my family and like i literally witnessed them go day after day week after week being told by doctors to do something Mm. but the pain of having to look at themselves is too much And this goes down a really long rabbit hole. I was really blessed to work in AA for a little while of what I learned. And I got to see and experience so much in that time about learning what emotions are and the smallest things that actually created that huge disease in someone's life. Like it is a mental illness to be an alcoholic. And some of the small, the stories I heard were so minute. Like some of the the things that I've said earlier on this podcast about like a kid being left at school is enough to sometimes create that if there's no love in that household, right? So we get to learn that the smallest thing breaks a man Mm. and we all think we're so unbreakable, but we all are so fragile. And it's that attitude about being unbreakable that generally leads to people, obviously, you know, keeping it all suppressed because they just want to hold it all together instead of actually allowing themselves to, <laughs> to break, um, yeah. you know, and be seen in that. Because think- when, and then when you go up to someone and go, I can see that you're unwell, they just get angry, right? Mm. Because anger is, and I know I've said this a hundred times on these, these podcasts, is, is actual sadness. When I walk up to someone in anger, I go, it's okay, I can hold you, you're safe, I love you. And the reason I do that is because back in like my behavioral therapy days when I used to work in disability support, I really learned that these people had never been loved. And like I was really lucky to have therapists who trained me for these jobs, right? Um, I don't. I didn't just learn all this by my own skills, FYI. <laughs> um, that it's just this suppressed... I'm not, I'm not held, I'm not loved, I'm not supported. So when you look at someone who's got anger and you just turn up with love, you'll watch them turn into tears in maybe like two minutes. Mm. So if you're angry, it's because there's something that's not held enough to your standard or you're not receiving what you need. And if you're not going to actually sit with your anger and figure out what that is, the same as sadness, you're not going to know how to face it. Mm. Yeah. So- it's a really big thing, guys. You need to be holding space for your feelings on a daily basis, whether that be two minutes, five minutes. It doesn't have to be journaling. It's just really important, not just for us, but for our future children or our grandkids or whoever you can actually afflict. I just want to say one more thing well, before we go. Um, I once heard this analogy from a therapist and it stuck with me my whole life. 
as a child, when you went to a shopping center and say you wanted a Barbie doll or a tanker truck, I don't care what you wanted, and you asked your mother for it, or your father or your grandmother, and they said no. And you screamed and screamed because you loved something and wanted to take it home. Not because you didn't understand that we live in this beautiful society that makes constant products, right? For children to love. You didn't understand marketing. You didn't understand what was happening to you. And you screamed that house and that shop down. And your parents or your grandmother or whoever was looking after you said, you're making a fool out of me. Like, you're making me look really bad. I need you to stop. Stop crying. Stop, 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 stop. Doesn't realize what happens there is the crux of our current society. We as children are then taught that we are responsible for how our adults feel. Mm -hmm. And we go from each time that happens, it creates a neural pathway. How I show up is on someone else. That is literally, have I told you this? Mm -mm, This is good. I thought it was going to be another one, but I haven't heard this one. No. So this is how we all turn up as adults in this communist, communist, capitalistic, capitalistic society. We we didn't get there, right? (laughs) Anyways, we got there in the end. This capitalist society, we all are showing up in this way and we're all taught that we're responsible for other people's feelings more than we are our own. And there has been multiple studies on this. I don't know where to send you if you want to look them up, but I'm sure if someone doesn't want them, just Google it. And if you fail to find it, message me. (laughs) Right. We have to realize that how we show up because we can't as parents emotionally regulate ourselves. And we actually at that point are like, I look like a horrible person instead of turning into complete laughter. Like (laughs) my child's doing this thing. Like I I can't make it shut up. It's its own sovereign being. Mm. Like, I just sort of want to point out as well, guys, is that obviously this is like a generational thing that our, our parents' generation was treated in one way and then their generation before them. And we're obviously all progressively getting better at this. Absolutely. Um, but I just feel like saying that everyone has done the absolute best that they can and I feel that they have yeah yeah and I think that you know our generation is just really obviously um making a strong impact in obviously being better than 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 the generation before us we really are the generational curse breakers and so I always say to people like send love to that generation before us that raised us because they really did do the absolute best that they they could with what they had yeah and they weren't taught any better like no especially if we look back like they've gone through horrible things and we look back a generation before that like my grandfather walked nine kilometers to school every day Mm. how wild is that i tried to trek through those exact like path to his school and it was just horrific and i think of course you got on a boat of course you left your parents of course you moved to another country like Mm. until you literally step in the feet of your grandparents will you understand the person you are today and i'm so blessed to the best of my ability i spent we spent so much money to go over there and to experience that and i literally stepped in the house of my grandpa i'll probably cry and it was this tight like it was like a room was the size of our kitchen table we're sitting at there was nine children there was three rooms wow 
right? And the cattle came in on cold nights. <laughs> like we're talking about like tiny old hick country cook in country cook. Cork. Mm-hmm. Cork in Ireland. There we go. My words aren't flowing today, guys. Sorry. Um, like you really won't understand yourself until you understand where you came from because I can see that impact that had on my grandfather, that had on my mother, that had on me. Mm. Mm. Beautiful. Yeah, Anything else you want to say? No, I think we're good. You've so, killed it. I love this. I'm so glad it was fun. <laughs> so tell me what's happening in your world, Cassie. Um, Gosh, well, I, last night, obviously two nights ago, when you like guys are listening to this, I had my Sandwich Masterclass. So that was amazing. You can still get the replay for that. It's now $111. Uh, so that was amazing. Um, I've obviously just got my readings as usual. I, while I was journaling this morning, doing my logical journaling, I also had an idea for a course, which I will probably be launching maybe the end of the week or early next week. So I'm very excited for that. That'll kick off in September. And we have our group. We're running a Psychic Sisters weekend Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. um, on the 25th and 26th of October. Yeah. I feel like I might have to confirm that. I feel like I accidentally... So you wrote down there the 15th and 16th. 15th and 16th. 15th and 16th. Sorry, 15th and 16th. So in that, we're doing... I'm doing psychic healing, you're doing crystal healing, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. we're doing connecting to our guides at a deeper level. Mm-hmm. It's going to be a two-day freaking intensive connection and expansion. Yeah. So if you really feel like you're at a halt at your spiritual practice, this virtual retreat is for you. If you want to check out more info, it will be in next week's show notes. Yeah. Um, if you want to join today, let us know. It's at a discounted rate. Um, when there's no info, it's always the cheapest you're going to get it. The price is going to be over $600. But right now it's really cheap. So get in while it's hot. Yeah, message either of us and we'll have a chat. But yeah, that's going to be... I'm excited. I'm so fucking excited. I'm just so excited to spend a whole weekend together in mm. our fucking zone of mm-hmm, genius. Mm-hmm. And like expanding to people like... What the fuck is spirituality and how do you actually get the most out of it? Yeah. Like there's no point having practices or wanting to speak to your guides if you don't know how to get out the info you want, right? Yeah. And I think it's two areas of our own genius that we get to kind of like step into. I love crystals. I love crystal healing. It's, you know, I've spoken about it a lot and obviously just showing you that there's ways to incorporate everything kind of together. Yeah. A hundred percent. Epic. That's me. I just feel like same as always. All my links are below. What's happening in your world? Um, next month we're going to have a sale on my Ooh, readings because it's nice. my Virgo birthday month. Um, normally I don't celebrate that, but I've come around, guys. Um, I've also got applications open for my nine-month Soul Healer course. If you're actually ready to own up and step into the light worker you were born to be and become an Akashic record reader, a psychic healer, psychic reader, and Reiki practitioner. This is the course for you because there's a huge gap in the industry from how do I get a certification to how do I actually step up to be that leader? And that's exactly the gap that this um, course is filling in the industry. It's like going to take you from where you dream about to actually implementing those steps. I also have, let me just duck my head down to my whiteboard. 
energetic up level. I wish you could have just seen that. That's I made so that good. so dramatic. Like I tucked my head down like SpongeBob SquarePants and I picked it up like the starfish. Patrick. Patrick. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so energetic. Up level. Mm-hmm. So anyone in business who's new in business, I literally created this course for you guys in order to have a solid rock plan for 2023 because right now if you didn't know is the time to plan your businesses for next year Mm. and i'm already in full swing for that most of my next year is already planned set sealed and delivered and that's what i want for you because i've spent thousands and thousands of dollars learning from other teachers and mentors on how to have business strategy and link that in with your instagram and show up in that energetic capacity you want so that's what we learn in up level energetics it's a short program but you're going to learn so much and have that complete plan ready to go exciting so exciting that's it that's all i've got going that's enough oh that's it yeah we'll we'll leave that for the next episode okay so much happening all right amazing guys well we really hope you enjoyed this Yeah, me too. I thought you were about to say something else. Okay, well, that's it. All right. Love you guys. Bye.